Welcome to Martha Runs the World, a podcast with a new take on running, fitness, and all things health-oriented. I'm Martha Hughes, your host, and each week I present a new topic that is of interest to all runners. Welcome to Episode 171 of Martha Runs the World. Have you ever done a timed race? Now wait, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, Martha, come on. All races are timed. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about maybe a six-hour race, a 12-hour race, a 24-hour race, or something longer. That kind of a race. Have you ever heard about them and maybe thought, oh, that might be kind of boring. I don't want to do that. Or maybe this is the first time you've ever heard about that. You're thinking to yourself, wait. They just run for six hours straight? Well, yeah, you've done that in an ultra, haven't you? Or you've done that for a marathon, haven't you? Maybe run for four hours or five hours straight in a marathon on, on roads, right? So why wouldn't you do that in a timed race? You've come to the right place if you're interested in this kind of race, if you've heard about them before but didn't know anything about them and wanted to learn a little bit more. It's all about timed races this week. First, timed races are anything but boring. They are so much fun. There are two different types of timed races, and they're a totally different type of race than the regular road race or the regular trail race. They are usually around a specific loop. Usually the loop is not more than four or five miles. They're sometimes uh, less mileage than that. Time braces can be anywhere from 3 to 78 hours and sometimes up to 6 days. They can be run on a trail, a road, or a mix of both or on a track. There are hundreds of timed races all over the world. Now there are two types of timed races. The first most popular type has been around the longest. This is a set time race. This is my favorite type of race. This is when you pick the time you want and you go out for as long as you want or as short as you want. You pick what you want to do. You can go out and run as hard as you can and get a PR or you can take it easy and just have fun. There's really no pressure on you. You choose what you want to do. How long you go during that time is up to you. You can go gonzo and try to go as far and as fast as you can, or you can take it easy. That's what I love about it. There's really no pressure about what you want to do that day. It's thoroughly up to you. I love these races because the ones I've done are just so much fun. You can switch directions. Most of the ones now, not all of them, are you allowed to switch directions? Sometimes you have to go around the same direction of the loop. You can't always switch directions. But some of them allow you to switch directions. And if you can, you get to see the same runners. You pass them up. You can high-five them. You can give thumbs up. You smile. And you make friends because you're out there for hours. Even if you're out there only for three or six hours, You still see them for a long time, so you you make friends. It isn't like when you're on a trail race 
where you're out on the trail for hours and hours all by yourself, where you don't see anyone at all except at aid stations. You see these people all day long, and it's kind of fun. I, it's really fun. Okay, it's really, really fun. <laughs> you have a bunch of new friends by the end of the time. It's just a great time. Some of the more well-known set-timed races are Jackpot Ultra. Now, this is held in Henderson, Nevada, just outside of Las Vegas in February. They have 72 hours, 48, 24, and 12 hours. Three days at the fair in Augusta, New Jersey. This one sounds just so much fun. I have friends that do this every year. It's 144 hours, 72 hours. 144 hours, that's a long time. 72 hours, 48, 24, 12, and 6. And this is held at a country fair. So apparently you run around the country fair. So you get to see everything at the fair. What a party atmosphere. It's a fair you know, you're at a fair and you get to just enjoy the atmosphere of the fair. So you have everything there and you are just having a great time. And you're at a fair. I mean, what else? What kind of? It's a carnival atmosphere besides. <laughs> Six days in the dome. Now, this one is unusual. This is a very unusual one in Milwaukee. Wisconsin, 144 hours, 72, 48, 24, and 12. And this is held inside on a track. And this is not one that I would ever, ever even think about doing because it's inside on a track. And a lot of people set records there because there's no weather to bother them. There's nothing from the outside. There's no rain or cold or heat to bother them. They have the perfect, perfect atmosphere, perfect temperature, and if there are speed demons, they can just go crazy and just set all kinds of records, but it's also on a track. So for me, I can't think, I can't see myself doing this one ever, <laughs> but this one is, yeah, You, if you want to run six days on a track, have fun with that. <laughs> Across the years, Phoenix, Arizona, 144 hours, 72, 48, 24, 12, and 6. And this has a lot of very fast, oh, there's also a 100-mile 100 mile, 100 mile distance one. This has a lot of very fast 100-mile runners that join in and have set a lot of records. And this is a really, really cool one. And New Year's One Day, San Francisco, and this has some people joining in that have been famous in the ultra community. And I do this one every year. And this is a 24, 12, and 6. There are many, many more. Some have been around for decades, while others are brand new. They have fun names because they're just fun events. They're big parties, big sufferfest parties, <laughs> where we have fun, we hurt a lot, but we still have a great time. Set races are big parties. Sure, you're running, and some take it very seriously because they want to get a certain amount of miles. And to do that, they have to keep running, or they have to get a certain amount of time per loop. But they still have a festival atmosphere. Sometimes they blast music. They have lots of great stuff at the aid stations. And since most of them are one short loop, there's one great big headquarters and aid station. Music blasts there, as I said, and the majority of volunteers are at that 
center location, as is the race director and staff. The start and finish are there, so the timing pads are placed there. You can usually check to see your distance and time at the staff tent in that area per loop. You can see how well you're doing as far as the time that you want to set. Most races allow you to set up your own mini aid station. You can set up a table, chairs if you want. Some allow you to set up a tent as well to spend the night before or or during or after the event. Some do, not all. If it's, It depends entirely on where your race is. If your race is on national park or federal land, it may not be allowed. But if it's like at the fair or in a private property, then that's perfectly fine. I plan to do one in September, and it's on private property, so it should be just fine. I'm not sure where the first timed race for fun began, but the beginnings of the 24-hour race trace a way, way back in time. It was born in 1806 in Newmarket, England. Abraham Wood and Robert Barclay Allardyce or as he was known, Captain Barkley. It was rather anticlimactic, though, because Wood withdrew at 22 miles. Experts predicted that Barkley would have finished 135 miles in 24 hours. Later, in the summer of 1809, Barkley became the first person to run walk one mile in every consecutive hour for every consecutive day for a total of 1,000 miles. This is just nine hours short of six weeks, Wow. When did he sleep? When did this guy sleep? For six weeks, this guy did not sleep. That's insane. No one's done that since. When did he sleep? I mean, for six weeks, he got less than an hour's sleep at a time. I I don't understand how a person can do that. That's crazy. (laughs) All right. In 1823, Russell... A young Irishman achieved 204 kilometers in 24 hours. That's about 127 and a half miles. It wasn't until the 1870s, which saw the emergence of six-day races, that better 24-hour times were established. Oh, that was a terrible sentence, Martha. <laughs> Oh, I put together this information late at night. Sorry. (laughs) Um, American Edward Payson Weston covered 500 miles, which is 804 kilometers, in six days. Wow. In doing so, he would frequently cover 180 kilometers and more in the first 24 hours. Then Charles Rowell... An Englishman took the 24-hour marks to 150 miles, 241 kilometers, in the first day of the six-day races in the 1880s. It took decades for the times to improve. South African Arthur Newton, who had won five Comrades marathons, plus a second placing from 1922 to 1927, staged a 24-hour race at an indoors location in Hamilton, Ontario. He achieved about 153 miles in the race, which, for the large part, was led by Australian Mike McNamara, who achieved the first 100 miles in a little over 14 hours. Arthur Newton moved to 
Britain permanently after the Second World War and persuaded the Roadrunners Club to stage a 24 hours race, which took place at Mottspur Park in November 1953. The winner of the race was the great Wally Hayward, also a five times winner of the Comrades Marathon. 1930, 1950, 1951, 1953, and 1954, who achieved 256 kilometers, a new world's best. But then I couldn't find anything about how the races moved on to pleasure days, timed races, so that's, there's like this big blank there. I, I just couldn't find any information on that. But in of the six days of the Dome, interestingly enough, started at Anchorage, Alaska in 2014. Joe Fahey's broke the American record that year by running 580 miles. It then moved to the Pettit National Ice Center in Milwaukee. In 2019, Zach Bitter broke a world record of 100 miles by running it in 11 hours, 19 minutes, and 13 seconds. That's incredible. Really incredible. Now, across the years in Arizona, started 1983 by Harold Sieglaff with 6- and 12-hour races. It changed locations a couple times, and it since expanded and found a home at Camelback Ranch. Now, to show how fun some of these races are, they have great names. I love some of these names. These are some of the names of the timed races. Hallucination Hour, Tarctic Frozen Yeti, Jackalope Jam, Farm Days 24, Dizzy Days, April Foolish 10 Hour, Wandering Idiot Festival of Hills. <laughs> love that name. Survivor Fest, Twilight Zone, The Dizzy Goat, Loop De Loop. <laughs> Great names. So fun. Now, there is another style of this timed race. It's called the Backyard Ultra Style. This one is a little bit more competitive and not the chill party style that I mentioned above. This one was started by Gary Cantrell, better known as Lazarus Lake, of Barkley Marathon's fame. He started Big's Backyard Ultra and named it after his dog. <laughs> Participants run on a 4.167-mile loop every hour. They are eliminated if they don't complete the loop each hour. If they complete it within the hour, they get the time left to rest, eat, Chill. The race continues until there is only one left. It can go on for days. The winner is the one who completes a loop that no other competitors complete. If no competitor outlasts another and doesn't complete the loop by themselves, there is no winner. We'll be right back. 
Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG, and we're the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. The first backyard altar was held in Tennessee in 2011. Now, this is a race that attracts the fastest of the fast. In the first year, 2011, Tim England won the race with 18 laps. Now, that doesn't sound like much, right? Remember, it's a 4.167-mile loop, so that's 75 miles. That's a lot. To me, that's a long ways. That first record would be broken wide open over the years. It just keeps getting longer and longer and longer. In 2012, Joe Fahis, who had broken the record in, in six days of the Dome that I already talked about, won, won the, the bigs with 28 laps, equaling 116.68 miles. As the years have passed, those miles have increased. In 2021, Harvey Lewis blasted the record with 85 laps, or 354.195 miles. That is so insanely great. Wow, that's just really, really insane. It will be fascinating to see how long this thing can go on. I mean, it's just going to go, it's it's just going to be longer and longer, and it just, I, I don't know, these people... See, this, this race is, is not something that I would be very good at. I'm slow, and I could probably finish it for, like, maybe, oh, three or four, and then I probably, that, that would be enough for me. I'd be done. <laughs> this is not the race for me. No, I, but I'm not fast. I know a lot of people could do pretty good at this race. One of the greatest things about Biggs, though, is it started a whole new way to race and backyard ultras mushroomed, not just in the U.S., but worldwide. The website BackyardUltra.com has tons of races from the U.S. and all sorts of countries, including Chile, Denmark, Israel, Vietnam, Australia, Switzerland, Slovakia, and all parts of in between have races. It's it's crazy how much this has caught on. In some places, this is also called last man standing race, but it's the same rules, run until only one person finishes a loop alone. Now, both of these types of races are all over the world and offer a great variety for runners. They just have a nice way to do things, and it's a nice, different variety you don't have to run full road marathon. You don't have to go out and, and go out on a trail. You can just do something really nice that's compact, that's in the area. Your family can join you. If they have a three-hour race, maybe you've got – if you've got teenage kids or younger kids, they can go out for a few laps with the lower-timed races. It's just a really nice day. And it's just a lot of fun. Makes a perfect outing. And there is a group for the timed races on Facebook. I'll include their link as well. 
there's a lot of really nice choices for people who were looking for something different. And in some ways, it's tougher than being out on the trail because you have always have the temptation to stop and give up because your car is there, your the chair is there. If you get caught in the chair for too long, maybe you won't want to go on. Maybe you won't want to do another loop. Maybe you just said, this is enough. I've had enough. So you really have to have enough determination and enough willpower not to give up. You Even if you sit down for a few minutes, even if you want to relax for a little bit in your tent, you still have to get up and keep moving after that. So it's they're tougher than you think. But they also are a lot of fun. They really are. So if you've never done one, try doing one. Try doing a six-hour one. Six hours is not that long. Not to us, right? To us runners, six hours is not very long. So try one. Try one this summer. They are fun. Okay, a brief note. Jeff Peltier was a guest on episode 142, which aired last October. He's an established ultra runner and videographer. He has a great YouTube channel that I highly recommend. If you're not watching it, you really should be. He's got a terrific series going on right now called Training Diaries. He talks about what he's doing in all areas of his training for this year. He has a multi-day race in the country of Georgia later, and he really is preparing for it. He's going through a lot of different stages, and he breaks down those stages of what his preparation and his training looks like. His videos are very motivating, and they give me great ideas for my own training. You may get some great tips for your own training as well, so I highly suggest and recommend that you watch his videos. They are really, really terrific. I will link his YouTube channel on my website. My own running is going by okay. I've had a slight back problem (laughs) All these things keep just popping up. I love it. Not really. I'm being I'm being sarcastic here. I have a slight lower back problem. I've never had. Okay, I've had back problems maybe twice in my life. This is the third time, and I don't know what it's from. I I haven't done anything to hurt it. It just kind of popped up last week, and it's just been around. It's just there. So I don't know what's going on or why it's there, but it is. So I'm trying different things. I'm trying to get get rid of it or just deal with it right now. Running doesn't really hurt it. It actually feels better when I run. So that's kind of cool. (laughs) Gosh. But I'm dealing with it. So hopefully that won't hurt anything or that won't hurt my progress. But I'm still running. So that's okay. So that is going on. All right. Now, that is it. So the website is MarthaRunsTheWorld.com. If you want to donate to me, uh, you can donate a couple bucks at buying me a coffee, or you can become a Patreon patron at, at the website. There's a link for that. If you want to email me, tell me your race report, you can do that at MarthaRunsTheWorld at gmail.com. And until next week, let's tie up our shoelaces and go for a run.